Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Here with us on our visitor segment in just a minute will be the radio play-by-play voice of Wisconsin football, Matt LePay. First, my view from Section 17 to get us going. I love playing Wisconsin up in Madison. It is a great atmosphere and the fans are really into it. If you love college football, this is the environment you want to be in, even if you're on that visiting sidelines. It makes your blood pump, and ours better be pumping this week. The first two games were disappointing to a lot of fans, because they expected the offense to come out of the gate and explode. Now that would have been great, but in the real world it just doesn't happen that way. I fully expected there would be a learning curve with this offense, and there still might be. Like anything else, the more you work at it, the better you get. This offense will get better. In the meantime, the one thing we cannot do is leave the ball on the carpet and take those dumb penalties. If we can clean that up, we're going to be fine. I'm anxious to see how the defense holds up against Wisconsin too. Uh, That actually concerns me more than what our offense is going to do. Jonathan Taylor is a nightmare to stop, and the Badgers are now emphasizing getting him the ball more in the passing game. So I can't wait. We need a road win against a top 15 team, and we could use a statement game. My guest today is Matt LePay, the fine radio play-by-play voice of Wisconsin football. He says even though the Badgers have been impressive so far, it's time to play the varsity now. He joins us here next on the Visitor's Edition on the Michigan Man, in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Here with us on our visitor segment today as we get ready for a big trip to Madison on Saturday 
is the voice of Wisconsin football, Matt LePay. Matt, once again, great to have you back with us. Uh, good to be with you. Well, you know, the first two games uh, were with South Florida and Central Michigan for the Badgers, but still, Wisconsin did exactly what they needed to do. I don't know if you can do it any better, 110 to zip. Nice way to start the season, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The fact that they you know, they played two opponents that were clearly overmatched, but the fact that Wisconsin played pretty clean football, uh, they they lost a couple of fumbles, but the, you know, the outcome, at least last in their last game against Central Michigan, the outcome was definitely uh, no longer in doubt. It was deeper into the ballgame. Um, and the penalties have been kept to a minimum defensively. Uh, they faced two teams that were really challenged offensively. But the fact is Wisconsin had a, a minimum of missed tackles. A lot of the things that kind of hit teams early in the season really did not hit Wisconsin in the first two games. But you know, having said all that, I think the enthusiasm here, they feel good about what they've seen, uh, but they're playing the varsity now <laughs> with, uh, with Michigan coming in and then you know as Big Ten play starts. So uh, they feel good about how things have gone, but they know the competition ramps up a ton beginning this Saturday. Well, let's talk about that Badger offense for a minute or two, if we could, that we're going to see on Saturday. We're looking at a new uh, quarterback. Alex Hornibrook is gone. Junior Jack Cohn under center. He's been really sharp in the first two outings, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He's uh, gained a lot of confidence. He was in a tough spot last year. As the season went along, Alex Hornibrook uh, had injury issues, and you know there are things going on that week to week... Uh, didn't really know what his status was going to be and it was it was tough for Jack when he played in the bowl game that was game five so uh, that, that took away a, a redshirt opportunity but he embraced it and I think he earned a lot of respect in the locker room had a good spring training camp was good they, they have a highly touted freshman quarterback from Kansas by the name of Graham Mertz who mm-hmm. is going to be a really really good quarterback but Jack won the job and he's been really good at distributing the ball a ton of weapons pretty deep receiving core here and a tailback who is as good as it gets and they've been good at getting the ball to a variety of sources at least through the first two games I mean one thing Jack is doing well is going downfield isn't he which is something that didn't happen last year let's be honest I mean well you guys saw that firsthand Wisconsin just flat couldn't throw it uh, in in the Michigan game and really struggled with the passing game most of last year and uh, Quintess Cephas has been the guy, I think, who can really stretch defenses. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, before he broke his leg in November of 2017, he was leading the team in touchdown receptions. And, uh, you know, everybody would like to have a little bit more quick strike capability. Wisconsin, uh, especially last year, had uh, kind of, it was like death by a thousand paper cuts all the time. <laughs> unless Taylor, unless Jonathan Taylor broke off a long run, which he, which he would do with some regularity, but they were going to get the big hits through the running game. So uh, they look like a team, and that was a goal coming into the year for this offense, is to be more diverse. Again, early indications are good, but you know now you're playing a defense with a lot more talent, guys who can run, guys who are physical. And so I think that's where the uh, maybe the true indicator of where this team is will start start to at least get some answers on Saturday. Well, it's always nice for any quarterback or any offense to be able to turn around and hand off to a Jonathan Taylor, who in the Big Ten, we know how very, very good he is nationally. Everyone knows that, too. But you've seen a lot of great running backs roll through Madison, Matt. Where would you rank him? Well, he's got to be on the, on the short list. I, I guess, you know, I, I do get asked that from time to time, and I'm 
maybe I'm just putting off the answer until he's done. Uh, I mean, Melvin Gordon was phenomenal uh, in his time. Ron Dane certainly is, is someone who, for most people, is the guy who set the standard, uh, unless you think back of Alan Amici in the 50s. Uh, but they've had a lot of really good running backs here. And I think, Mike, what could be a separator for Jonathan Taylor, if this can continue, is that through the first two games, he's now a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's had five catches. He's gotten into the end zone three times. A guy like him who's so strong and runs so well, uh, him getting the ball in space is an exciting thought for people around here. So if that's something that can continue, uh, in addition to to the rushing totals he puts up, uh, he's going to be very close to the top, if not at the top. Still remains to be seen. Like I said, they've had great running backs go through here uh, for the last, well, 30 years for sure. Uh, but really, it goes beyond that as well. So, But he, he definitely is in the thick of the conversation as uh, one of the handful of very best they've had. Well, and he has that big Wisconsin offensive line in front of him. I think four new starters, but these guys, they don't lack any talent, do they? No, and they've had guys who, even though they they're, were technically not returning starters, the guys who have played quite a bit coming into the season, guys like uh, uh, Cole Van Lannan, uh, uh, you know, Logan Bruss has played a fair amount, uh, Jason Erdman has played a fair amount of football. So it, it's still, it, realistically, it probably will take a little time to gel. They, they've given up some negative yardage plays. Uh, I mean, that's something we were going back to your first question. They've mm-hmm. been pretty clean for the most part, but there, there have been some plays where the running game has been has been stoned a little bit. So I, I think they'll they want to continue to get better. But to your point, I think it's an offensive line where the line coach here and the, and the offensive coordinator Joe Rudolph they feel pretty good about it. They, they've been able to build some depth. Got a young man, Caden Lyles, who is an offensive lineman by trade, had to play defensive line last year because they were uh, so thin up front defensively. So he's back home and uh, has found a home at guard for, for Wisconsin. So uh, I think it, it's a, it's off to a, to a really nice start, and I think it can continue to get better as the year rolls along. Well, over on the other side of the ball, the defense has a lot of new faces. That was a preseason question mark for the Badgers, but so far, I mean, you can't ask for them to do any more. And I know they've played Central Michigan and South Florida, but still, two goose eggs. you got to love that. Yeah, you know how hard it is to shut people out in, in today's college football mm-hmm. with the offenses being what they are and and, and – so many programs are good at getting you in space, making you make plays in the open field, and this team has been good. They they quietly believe that they have built some depth on the defensive line, although they're not going to have Bryson Williams uh, again this week. A leg injury is keeping them out for the second straight game, but they have a freshman at the nose tackle spot uh, out of Janesville, Wisconsin, near the Illinois border by the name of Keanu Benton. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of programs like a Michigan or whatever, you get guys who roll in who don't look like freshmen. Mm-hmm. Keanu Benton is a freshman who doesn't look like a freshman. It's a little bit more of an exception here at Wisconsin, but this guy this guy has been good. Isaiah Loudermilk, Garrett Rand up front, and some other guys, they can, they can roll in there. Uh, I actually thought, Mike, and I guess people look at me like I have two heads, <laughs> I thought the defense hung in there last year because there was a lot of turnover from the 2017 season, um, and it was natural to think there was going to be a, a dip in, in statistics, and there was. 
but there were also a lot of injuries that hit last year's Wisconsin team uh, in the defensive line and in the secondary, uh, especially. Uh, I thought, I thought quite honestly, even in the Michigan game, it hung in there. It was thirteen to seven at the half, right. uh, but the offense couldn't get going. So, but ha- the, the, the numbers have been so good for a few years now, after a little bit of a dip last year, that they're pretty determined to get that fixed and like you said it's hard to to get off to any better start than what they've had but again playing a team that i know there's angst over there about at times i guess about michigan's offense but people here think michigan's offense is really good (laughs) they they did see firsthand how good how good it could be protecting the football and all of that stuff I, i think again the test it becomes a lot more difficult for the Badgers on Saturday. Well, so far for the Badgers, just outstanding. And But when you do get off to this kind of a start, it might be hard to say this or that area could be a problem. When you look at it objectively, right now, if you had to pick a couple of areas of concern, what would they be? With, uh, with the defense or the team in general? In general, overall. Well, I, I think there's still there still has to be an element of unknown. Um, and I'm you know, beating a dead horse here, but you know the, the comp, they, they played well against competition that's nowhere near what they're going to start to see now as Big Ten play begins. Uh, touchdown a little bit uh, offensively. Uh, they, they need to try to cut down on the negative yardage plays. There, there have been enough of those that'll get that'll get the coaches' attention uh, occasionally. Uh, a pass to an open receiver that doesn't connect. That wasn't the case against Central Michigan. It was a couple of big hits weren't quite made in the South Florida game. But you know, having said that, Jack is Jack Cohn's completed 76% of his passes, so it, I guess that borders on being nitpicky. Defensively, I, I just think you need to see it against better talent. Uh, you know, they, they did what they have had to do against South Florida and Central Michigan, but those are teams that really just weren't very impressive on, on offense. But credit to Wisconsin for staying engaged, minimizing the penalties. But I think it's more of a, rather than answer it by saying a potential problem area, I would just say there's still some unknown. Uh, they, they really they like the talent level they have. Uh, there's not a ton of experience uh, in the secondary, but they think there's a lot of talent back there. You'll see a lot of guys roll in there in the back end of Wisconsin's defense, but it's still, uh, I think the coordinator, Jim Leonard, will, will tell you it's a it's a work in progress. And one other area I think that it's still a bit of an unknown is is in place kicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, We all know there's every, every team is going to have a game or two that, that may very well come down to a kick. Rafael Gagliannoni was a very good kicker in his time at Wisconsin last year. Not as good, but he wasn't healthy. Uh, they have two guys with strong legs, Colin Larsh and Zach Hintz. Hintz, the primary kickoff guy. Um, they're, they're one for three, though. Larsh is one for three in the field goal department. But they, they like him. They think he'll be good. Uh, it's just it's been a little bit of a choppy start for him. And, and you, you want to see it. You want to see in the guts of the game. Uh, you know, can he hit that big field goal uh, in the fourth quarter, or just any time in, in a use a baseball term, a high leverage spot? Can he convert the, the field goal? So, and again, it's not to say it's a problem area; it's just more of an unknown in a game setting. Well, Matt, Jim Harbaugh goes way back with Coach Paul Christ, and every time he talks about him, he has nothing but good things to say. But on the national scene, it's always interesting to me. Coach Christ doesn't seem to get the attention he deserves. 
and you look at that record, and we know in the Big Ten what he's done. He's really an underrated coach, isn't he? Yeah, he is, and I, I think he likes it that way. <laughs> he's just one of those guys who couldn't care less about publicity. I mean, one of the one of the words I, I throw it at him just to stir it up with him a little bit. Talk about his brand. He's not a big <laughs> fan of the word brand. <laughs> he's just uh, he is, uh, and I think Coach Harbaugh would tell you all that. I mean, he's just he is a ball coach. He likes to uh, coach football. Uh, he likes to be with his family. He's got a cabin in the northern uh, part of the state of Wisconsin. That's that's his heaven when he can get away to do that, uh, enjoy time up there. And um, but yeah, he's you know I think players really respect him. They they genuinely like him. But he's just someone who's probably never gonna win the news conference, so to speak. But you get him in smaller groups, and everybody walks away saying, "Boy, this guy's really personable." Um, but in, in terms of publicity, having uh, if it's the national media types, whatever he, you know, he'll he'll talk to them and all of that stuff. But he really doesn't seem to care of what the perception is. It's is the team good or is the team not good? And beyond that, the uh, the care factor is at a minimum. One of my listeners uh, last week emailed me, and uh, we were talking back and forth, and they said, hey, it's a noon kick, and that's great, 11 a.m. in Madison, uh, so the crowd won't be as crazy. And I'm, I'm an old-timer. I've been around a, a long enough. That made me laugh, because uh, I don't think it matters what time you kick up there, uh, if it's 11 Central, 2.30 Central, or at night. The crowd's crazy, and it's always a big factor, isn't it? Well, it can be, certainly. And certainly when a program like Michigan comes in, it's, um, it's not – you've heard this a trillion times probably. It's a big deal when Michigan comes in. When you know, they came in two years ago, that was the first time since '09. So uh, with the Big Ten being the size that it is these days, you, you don't see these teams with the regularity that you would have back in the day. Um, it, Ideally, the two thirties of the night games are probably better, but given you know if the weather is good and I knock on wood, it'll be pretty decent on Saturday. And the fact that it's Michigan, uh, two teams uh, that are right now in the top fifteen and in the polls for what that's worth after two weeks, uh, there it should be pretty good. The students are notoriously late mm. in, in getting into Camp Randall Stadium, but. When they get there, they're good. They're fun. Sometimes, as I say, they even watch the game. They have a lot of they have a lot of songs that they sing, a lot of chants, some of which probably can't be repeated here. Oh, yeah. uh, but but the atmosphere is good. It, it's it's a party at, at Camp Randall, and, and it's the atmosphere here is well. I mean, you know, you love it at the Big House and, and so many of the venues in college football. But I'd like to think that Camp Randall, when it's going, which I think it will be this Saturday. Uh, can match up with about any atmosphere in the country. I guess I wonder this early in the season why it isn't at least a 2.30 central kick or even a night game. Have you heard anything as to why it isn't? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, anything is television, everything is television driven, as as you know, and and Fox has this game, and Fox Fox is putting a big emphasis on the noon Eastern kickoffs. You know, we're Mm -hmm. used to, if it's going to be an afternoon game, right, ESPN, uh, that that platform it's going to be 2:30 if it's not going to be prime time. But Fox is a big believer in that early window, uh, and I, I believe it served them well. I mean, you put Michigan on it at noon; that's, that draws millions of eyeballs. Uh, the school to your south uh, when that is on going to draw millions of eyeballs, right? Uh, so I, you know, they view this as a pretty big game, so 
that's you know, anytime you wonder a kickoff time, it's television. And I do know that the, the folks at Fox are putting a, a big, big emphasis on the uh, on the noon window. Final question for you, Matt, then we'll let you go. Uh, Michigan, as we very well know, has not won in Madison since 2001. Hasn't really been competitive in quite a few of those games up there. But this Saturday's game, when you look at these two teams, the way Wisconsin started and, and the way Michigan started, uh, this game is very hard to get a read on uh, right now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I, I just can't help from from my vantage point here in Madison. I, uh, I'm just thinking Michigan has shown very little offensively. You just you figure that with Josh Gaddis, new coordinator, is there's more of a comfort level uh, that you might see a little bit more. But yet, you know, they view over here, they view Michigan's issues as very correctable. You hang out of the ball, and all of a sudden that offense becomes much, much more efficient. Um, but, yeah, it, it, is, it is a hard game to get a read on. I, I want to see from the Badger perspective, it, can Wisconsin continue to show the versatility offensively that it's shown in the first two games? And and, and defensively, uh, can it hold up against the talent? Uh, Zach Charbonnet is a running back. They haven't seen that type of, out of an opponent yet. Uh, a guy who can hammer, uh, who's great at blitz pickup, uh, at least he seems to be. Uh, Shea Patterson, they, they saw how good that he can be in, in last year's game in Ann Arbor. Uh, they know Dylan McCaffrey is very dangerous as well. And the, the early word in talking with the coaches here about Michigan's defense, even though they lost some you know, great players, not good players, great players, they roll in a lot of other guys who look like they could be great players as well, some of whom already are probably at that category. So, yeah, I, I think it's just uh, – it's going to be for maybe for both teams. Uh, they can answer a few more questions, find out exactly where they are, how they stack up in the Big Ten. I would be the only thing that would surprise me, I guess, Mike, is if the game is one-sided. I, I just see it as being a, a very close ball game, a, a one-possession game, maybe ten points at most, and that would be deceiving. I, I just think this is one of those games that sets up to go right down to the wire. Oh, I agree with you. Great barometer uh, game for both teams, and we are looking forward to uh, a trip to Madison, so it's going to be exciting. Great way to open the Big Ten season. With us on our show today on our visitor segment has been the voice of Wisconsin Badger football, Matt LaPay. Matt, always a pleasure to have you with us, and thank you for your time. Good talking to you, Mike. Take care. Safe travels. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Quick hits today from what we hear, John Runyon Jr. and Donovan Jeter are a go for Saturday. The word is Donovan Peoples-Jones picked up a high ankle sprain late in fall practice and was given a four- to six-week window of recovery. So he could be back Saturday, but he could also be out for another couple of weeks. Shea Patterson met with the media on Tuesday and said he is 100%. Let's hope so. We need him to be able to run more this week. 
Here are a few game day notes. The first meeting between these two teams was on November 15, 1892, up in Madison, a 10-6 Michigan win. We lead the series with an all-time record of 51 wins, 15 losses, and there was one tie. Paul Christ is in his fifth year as head man and has a record of 42-12 and 12 in Madison. Good guy and an outstanding coach. The Badgers had an injury-plagued 8-5 record last year. They were 5-4 and four in conference play. They hammered Miami in the pinstripe bowl 35-3. They returned five starters on offense, six on D. They are 2-0 heading into this week's game. I'm going to publish a Michigan Man Extra for you on Friday, and I'll give you a heads up when it goes live on Facebook or Twitter. I was doing a lot of prep work during the week for this game with the guys at BadgersBlitz.com, and they were great to work with. Gave me a lot of insight into this week's opponent and had a lot of questions about us, too. Uh, so yesterday we sat down and taped a segment to get their thoughts on the Badgers and just how big this game is for both teams. So I hope you'll join us tomorrow, Friday, for that. The weatherman says we could get wet on Saturday. There is a 40% chance of rain in the afternoon, possibly a few thunderstorms. Winds will be gusty and temps will be in the low 70s. That will do it for today. We'll have that Michigan Man Extra for you tomorrow with the guys from BadgersBlitz.com. Next week, it's back home for a noon kick with Rutgers. On Tuesday, my scheduled guest is Anthony Broom from right here at Mays and Brew. On Thursday, we hope to hear from Steve Politi of the Newark Star-Ledger, who covers Rutgers football. He says he doesn't enjoy it, but he covers it. He's a fun guy, so I hope you'll join us next week for both of those shows. Kickoff will be noon Eastern time. It's on Fox. And this one, I think, is going to be a nail-biter. That's what my gut tells me. When you play a team like Wisconsin in their place, style points don't matter. Just get the win, grab some curds, and get out of town. So have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Think victory, beat Wisconsin. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!